This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. There's a lot of excitement in the air. You can feel it. Mm-hmm. Change is coming, and we need it badly. But until we get there, man, there is some crazy stuff going on. Oh, sure there is. Oh, buddy. Where do you want to start? Well, today we got this uh, report that GDP grew at an annualized rate, meaning like if it grew at this rate, this would be what it would be for 12 months, uh, 2.6% in the third quarter of the year, mainly because of exports. Things like individual spending and investments were down, though. And that's why even allies of the White House are saying, I don't think you need to be doing a victory lap. However, they're going to try because, well, the bottom's going to fall out in the next couple of quarters, but that's after the midterms. Dude, it's also this thing where regular people, (laughs) their budgets are out of control. Right, Everything's gone higher. The housing market is bottoming out. Rent is going through the roof. I mean, Mm -hmm. you see this stuff all over, and you get this report and say, see, we're doing great. Right. Well, and and, and yeah, and and so when you look at the Democratic Party and who's really behind it these days, it's mostly well-off liberals for whom inflation is just kind of this pain. Mm-hmm. You're not. It's kind of a pain in the neck. It's an inconvenience. Oh man, things cost a little bit more now. Ah, that sucks, doesn't it? They're not people, generally speaking, who are clipping coupons every day. No, the people not who at are all. are way into politics. I mean, like the people who are making decisions within the Democratic Party. Uh, so they don't really understand what is going on out in the real world. So they'll say, Hey, here's this top line figure. See what you're experiencing at the grocery store every day isn't happening. And uh, White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain wants you to know Biden's racking up wins and costs have been out of control for decades. Okay. People are being squeezed by high prices. The cost of living uh, squeeze on families has been with us for decades. It isn't solved yet. I, I do think we made some significant measures this year, which take effect next year. And we're going to talk about those. You right. son of a. You're already that frustrated. Golly. It's always been like this. What? No, not we're paying for everyday goods and services. It's not like it's always been. I do think also, uh, I know the, the, some of the polling about the economy, I think is also out of date uh, since some of those polls were taken. Again, the price of gas has come down dramatically. We're seeing economic growth. We're seeing prices come down. We're seeing uh, it, real income go up. So I think we have to uh, you know, bring up to date the narrative to where it is today. I mean, well, good luck with that. I mean, come down dramatically on gas prices and energy prices overall is obviously a very relative term because they are still way more 
than they were when Joe Biden took office. And he doesn't control all of that, I know, before anybody writes in, well, actually. <laughs> but at every turn, Joe Biden has been working against making energy more affordable in this country. And to say that gas prices have come down significantly is like, see, you know, six months ago, I was, uh, I was smacking you in the face and kicking you in the ass, and now I'm just kicking you in the ass. So, see, your pain has come down significantly. 50%. Yeah. <laughs> it's a conversation for another time. But sometimes I wonder why an outlet even puts a guy like that on. Mm-hmm. Because you already know they're going to lie. Right. They're like a spokesperson. They're going to try to, you know, somehow spin this in their direction. I mean, you talk to people that know what's going on. Well, is it the job of the journalist supposed to... Uh... <laughs> You know, perhaps ask him a couple of questions about what he just said. I think in theory, but that doesn't happen anymore. You know that. I mean, on that, think of how so much of the media has covered the John Fetterman debate from the other night in Pennsylvania against Dr. Oz. These aren't honest people. Give me a break. Although we will get to one person that was honest, but boy, they oh. were very hesitant. Oh. We'll get to that in a second. Very you uncomfortable. Know. Well, John Fetterman, he hit the campaign trail with Dave Matthews last night. Dave Matthews. And he was pumped <laughs> after that debate with Dr. Oz. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's from last night. I don't I don't know what he said. Play that again. Squeeze here. Squeeze here. Woo, woo a squeehee here. We're a squeehee here. Yeah, obviously, okay, he's going to get a couple of words mixed up, all right? But he can do the job. Well, There's process- no cognitive decline. I've always had a problem with auditorially processing a Dave Matthews show. Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, there is that part. Actually, a squeehy does actually sound like your impression of Dave Matthews singing Ants March. Bit, Jamie. You're yeah. not going to ask me to do this. Come I on, am. You do yeah. it so well. I have Dave Matthews bands hating. They hate me when I do this. I've been doing it for years. It's oh, just not my thing. It's a good one. It, I got a lot of friends that like Dave Matthews. Okay, pretend fun. I'm John Fetterman. I'm adoring you in the audience no. right now. It's actually very similar to a squeehy. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, that's Dave all. Dave Matthews has a brand new album. <laughs> it's called <laughs> Squeaky. <laughs> Squeaky. Uh, well, CNN medical correspondent uh, Dr. Jonathan Reiner actually weighed in on the John Fetterman situation, um, and we all know John Fetterman, the Democrat running for Senate out of Pennsylvania, had a massive stroke earlier this year. The campaign lied about it. They lied about how serious it was, and they're still lying about it. They won't tell people exactly how serious. It was, which in a, if he were just private citizen, John Fetterman, it's none of our business. But he was wanting to be uh, one of a very f- select few of Americans who gets to dictate policy for everybody in the United States Senate. That's what he wants yes. to be. So that, that's why it matters. Um, and he's got serious issues still. And that leads to that question of overall fitness for office. Well, Dr. Reiner was desperately trying to run cover for him, but also trying to be a little bit honest about his assessment. I mean, this is what he does for a living is work with stroke victims and people who have had other cardiac events. Um, And he's, you know, really trying to be gentle, but also saying, you know, Fetterman's got serious brain damage. Okay, let's hear this dance. I admire his courage to go on that debate last night. He had to know 
that he was facing basically a, a fast-talking TV doctor who at times seemed to be talking almost intentionally faster. Okay. Come on, man. Come on. Really? It was the closed caption, they talk too fast. He's, a, he's a real doctor who just happens to be on TV. He makes it sound like he's like TV doctor, like he was on Emergency or some other show. Okay. In the yeah. face of Mr. Uh, Fetterman's difficulty speaking, almost, sometimes it appeared almost cruelly faster. But he's obviously had a, a pretty significant neurologic injury. Whoa. Wait yeah. a second. That's not what we heard before. Yeah. Well, and then, okay. They, so, yeah, he's definitely trying to yeah. do the dance. The other part is, man, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I honestly don't know. There's that part of me that doesn't know if Fetterman knows how bad off he really is. Like, does he think that he's somewhat yeah. okay? Like, everybody around him can see the decline, but to him, it's not that big a deal. I don't know. You know, that is so interesting you bring that up because having been in a situation where I had to recover yes. from something, yes. I had no idea. In my mind, you I know was what? capable of all these things. Dude, the ongoing joke with David and I, we'd go to the hospital to see you, and for those that don't know, Scott had back-to-back -back heart attacks in 2015 and lost his memory, was in a coma for a month or longer, yeah. ICU forever, and you had memory issues, all sorts of stuff. And every time that we'd talk, you'd say, yeah, I'm going to be on the show next week. And you were yeah. dead serious. Oh, yeah. Because you really thought you would. And we're like, there, there's no way. There's get, no way but possible. To, to your initial question, I believe that is possible, yes. Yeah. So when we get the courageous take, yeah, how courageous it is, I don't know if it is or not, to be honest. Yeah. You, and we don't have to split hairs about that, but he no. might think, what's the big deal? Yeah. We don't know. Uh, so then this doctor, uh, Dr. Reiner on CNN, of all places, is asked, hey, is it possible this will go away in like let's say a year and he actually gets to something that is sort of what we just talked about and something that we mentioned uh yesterday talking about this okay you know it's, it's hard to know and, and part of the problem is that you know the campaign was opaque at the very beginning they didn't really disclose the degree of his illness we don't really know how sick he was so you know he might have had a massive event, and if you know people who had seen him originally might now say, "Oh my God, he looks remarkably better," and and I bet he does. Yep. But not knowing how far he's come, it's very difficult to know how far he can go. And and it would be it would be good for the people who care for him to be made available to the press. There is no sin in having a stroke. No, there's not. Of course not. But there isn't lying about it. Yeah. And, I mean, you could make your own judgment. I mean, for me, you know, <laughs> if a family member put me out there like Fetterman is now, mm -hmm. and then I come to realize later what they actually did, I would be so upset, like angry. Dude, How no could kidding. you let me do that? My goodness, man. Well, we attempt to take care of the people we love and care about. We wouldn't put them in a situation like that unless uh, for our own mm -hmm. climbing purposes. Yeah. Dr. Well, Jill. You know, switching gears here, maybe there's just another way we need to think about this. Mm -hmm. Okay? Maybe we're not quite seeing it the way we all should. And when we're in a situation like that, we like to turn to Lawrence O'Donnell 
Oh, God. Jeez. MSNBC. <laughs> to put this into perspective, okay? <laughs> and I'll stop the audio whenever you want, but I think uh, this message is important for people. Okay. And we'll pick it up where, you know, he's setting up the take. But Franklin Roosevelt and Winston Churchill had the good fortune to serve Here's as the it. highest elected officials in their countries long before television news could cover their every move and long before Twitter could have people pumping out their instant reactions to their public appearances. That's right. I didn't play this audio for you, David, or for you, Scott, because I wanted your reaction. Good God. And I wish this was video because it looks like David's ready to punch somebody. Wow. Here's more. Franklin Delano Roosevelt believed that it would be painful to watch him being lifted in and out of a car by Secret Service agents, so he never allowed cameras to capture that. Elaborate steps were taken when his train would arrive or depart so that he could be transferred from the car to the train, lifted in and out, without anyone seeing and without anyone thinking that it was painful to watch. He's delivering this message that, with such passion and reverence. Okay, but but FDR... Yeah. And I and that's true. I mean, they took great pains to to make him look like he was more physically able than he was. FDR didn't have freaking brain damage. No, he did not. That doesn't matter. Okay. Yes, Just it let does. It, let him go. There's more. Kids grew up in America during the FDR presidency, not knowing that the president could not walk. But did you know? An 11-year-old girl got to see it for herself. Have you heard that part of the story? You need to hear this part of the story because this goes on for me? another minute. Oh, my goodness, dude. It's unreal how desperate these people are right now. They know how important this Senate seat wow. is and the desperation displayed by Lawrence O'Donnell and others in the media is something to behold. We'll get to the rest of that clip. You'll love it. Also, Elon Musk shaking it up with the sink at Twitter. All on the way right here. show um yeah that's right Lawrence o'donnell on msnbc is comparing john fetterman to fdr uh, okay <laughs> and winston churchill hey they can still do their jobs yeah yeah holy smokes yeah because they What's could both the difference they could both still speak and process thoughts well listen let's get emotional here because i played you a little of the lawrence yeah. o'donnell clip the, the payoff is still to come he wants to tell the story of an 11 year old girl mm -hmm. okay because they were hiding fdr's you know his use of a wheelchair from the public as mm -hmm. much as possible yeah. and caroline morell was an 11 year old growing up in washington dc when her father a lawyer with connections to the roosevelt administration brought her to a reception at the white house where, with no cameras present, present, President Roosevelt was rolled into the East Room in his wheelchair. Caroline Morell's eyes widened. She tugged her father's sleeve oh and looked God. up and whispered, I won't tell anyone. It's quite a storyteller. It's I won't tell anyone. 
Now, here's the payoff, and here's how this relates to John Fetterman. Okay. She felt she was in the presence of a secret about the president's condition, and she felt, as most Americans did, and as the press corps did way back then, that the president's condition should be respected. 11-year-old Caroline Morell did not think that in her one lucky moment of being in the room with President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, that he was painful to watch. But? Painful to watch quickly became an oft-repeated phrase on Twitter last night during the Pennsylvania Senate campaign debate because Democratic candidate John Fetterman suffered a stroke this spring and has not fully recovered 100% of his verbal fluency. <laughs> There's your take, kids. He that opened, is the desperation. He opened with, hi, good night, everybody. Yes, he did. That was the opening statement. And for this guy to go, <laughs> I mean, come on. That's that's a parody. That ha- That's a guy who does a really good impression exactly. of Lance O'Donnell, right? Not, what a, not really. What no. a dramatic rendering. I mean, dude, the, the one woman that went out there and was trying to say, yeah, we knew all of this, but man, he really did well. And he was clear on a lot of his messages, like on minimum wage and the way he stuck it to Oz. And I, Tucker did it. There were different people saying, wait a second, let's go back and roll that. He, he was easy to understand on the minimum wage issue. Yeah, right. And how can a man, you know, with, with you know, 10 gigantic mansions, you know, has uh, am willing to talk about a, a willing wage for anybody. Imagine a signal mom trying with two children, trying to raise with them, realizing making $31,000 a year, you know, $15 an hour. Yeah, he really stuck the landing yeah. there. What are we talking about? No, he I, can't do it. I don't know. I'd also like to just point out that there is a primetime host on a major news outlet that is openly saying it's a good thing to keep people or keep things from the American public. Yes. <laughs> and to be respected. <laughs> and an 11-year-old tugged on her but... daddy's trousers, looked him in the eye and said, freedom. <laughs> Being in a wheelchair because you had polio is not the same thing. No, it's as not having even close. a stroke. And, it's not even close. And th- it's true. You can come back from a stroke. It, the the brain is a funny thing. You you know, sure. sometimes he could be like this forever. He could be better in a year. We don't know. And part of the scandal around this is that the campaign won't actually say what's wrong with him. No, and they lied. They and they lied from the beginning. Yes. And they continue to lie. And Correct. that makes me think or assume at least that it's way worse than we even know. Correct. More on that a little bit later. David, you got to tell us about the Center for Racial Justice (laughs) that has been scrapped at Penn State. What? Penn State, uh, in the wake of the 2020 Mostly Peaceful Riots, uh, said, we're going to start a Center for Racial Justice. (laughs) Two years later, uh, actually, we're scrapping those plans because it's too expensive and people are wondering where that money's coming from. Uh, At the time, they said, this is just the beginning of our tackling of racial justice, and apparently it's the but end. Now, now this issue's been solved. It's all good. <laughs> you mean the Nittany supremacists? <laughs> oh, we tried to cut a deal with the Saudis. We lied. Biden lied. Next.
the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, with so many different things going on. Um, you know, we were looking for a deal on oil. We don't yeah. want to produce it ourselves. <laughs> oh, we got to be green. Even though we do it cleaner than any other nation, mm-hmm. we went begging Saudi Arabia to make more oil. Yeah. Okay, unleash the beast, Saudis. Hey, well, hold on a second. Well, Biden said that wasn't what that meeting was about. Yeah. There's a lot of other things. <laughs> Turns out that not so much true. Right. Well, uh, the failing New York Times was reporting uh, that as President Biden was planning a politically risky trip to Saudi Arabia this summer, his top aides thought they'd struck a secret deal to boost oil production through the end of the year. Just the end of the year, mind you. You know, you try to lower gas prices ahead of the midterm elections, you know. that. Uh, yeah, that goes. Uh, an arrangement that could have helped justify breaking a campaign pledge to shun the kingdom and its crown prince. Well, it didn't work out that way. And now, apparently, lawmakers who'd been told about this backroom deal uh, have been, quote, fuming that the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, uh, duped the administration. They played him for suckers. We all knew that. Yep. That's, uh, you know, because, you know, Joe Biden talks big about, oh, they're going to be a pariah on the international stage because of human rights and because of Jamal Khashoggi and whatnot. And then he goes and fist bumps the crown prince. Uh, crown prince gets that nice little photo op and then says, we're actually cutting two million barrels of oil a day. Uh-huh. Go pound sand. <laughs> you see now. Little pool. I hate <laughs> literally. Seeing- yeah, right. I, I, Literally. <laughs> I hate seeing my country clown like that, especially when it's a resource that we could be doing. We could be really generating ourselves. Yes. I mean, enough for Europe. Right. Uh, dude. Yes. At the same time, we know that leaders all across the globe make fun of our president. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's why Biden's been scrambling to say that the trip wasn't about oil. Because remember this from that interview with uh, Jake Tapper on CNN. Oh, yeah. By the way, let's get straight why I went. I didn't go to one about oil. I went about making sure that we made sure that we weren't going to walk away from the Middle East and what was going on. And by the way, today I just got off the telephone with the president of of, uh, uh, I, I got off the phone with the prime minister of Israel and the president of Lebanon. They've worked out a deal. They've been at war, declared war with one another for a long time. They've worked out a boundary relationship along the in the uh, in, in eastern Mediterranean. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, Biden ripped them to shreds for a long time, right? And why were the Saudis ticked off? Well, we were siding with Iran and trying to restart the Iran deal. That was Biden's doing. They're not happy about it. And it was interesting to see NBC covering what's going on in Iran. With all of the protests. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I mean, Iran doesn't have much patience for the protests. They start killing people. Yeah. So now we're out there saying, hey, stop that. We mean it. Stop being meanies, Iran. And stop siding with Russia. Dude, like we ever thought you could deal with Iran on any level. You can't. You don't have to be that smart to know that. Three Jim Mokes know that. Jeez. The strenuously worded letter they sent. Well, of course, that was part of it, right? That's right. And it's so interesting, man. It, when you have an administration 
and the left picking and choosing who they want their friends to be. And then the issues that are so important, like the trans issue that's gone to this other level in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, Saudi Arabia. We can be friends. Uh, Could you get some more oil for it? Do you know how much you've ripped us? What are we going to produce more oil for you? Heck no. We're going to do that. By the way, speaking of the trans issue, did you hear the whole report that the trans woman is a comedian is on British TV and goes full frontal? Yeah, I saw the video. Okay, was it pixelated? Did yes, it, it was pixelated. From what I understand, it wasn't pixelated. Well, the one originally. I saw was pixelated. Okay, all right. It was crazy, man. Yes. Um, but there have been a bunch of complaints. And I watched part of Tucker last night, and Trace Gallagher, who does news for Fox, who seems like a cool guy to hang out with. I have no idea. He just seems like a cool guy. Mm -hmm. The way he delivered the story of this I thought was excellent. If we just want to pick that up. And he could tell it better than I could tell it. I guarantee you that. Go ahead. This full frontal performance appeared live on Channel 4 in the UK on a show called Friday Night Live. It was a transgender comedian named Jordan Gray, born a male, now identifies as a female. Gray got notoriety being the first transgender comedian on The Voice back in 2016. Okay. But on Friday night, Gray, wearing a bright pink suit, decided to end her performance, saying that on live TV, she gets to do stupid stuff like this. And then, and then they show it. Yeah, at the end of the performance, and then strips off all the clothes like a big jumpsuit. Off. And they're like, "What?" And listen to Trace Gallagher. So the show got 1,400 complaints. There were people irate and offended, and a UK television watchdog is now deciding if the performance should be investigated. But in all of the newspaper coverage of the naked dance that we read, there was not one, not one negative comment printed, zero criticism. In fact, Metro News UK raved about the naked dance, calling it hilarious, groundbreaking. <laughs> really? Playing the piano with your penis, groundbreaking? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because that's what he was doing. Yeah. He was using it to play the piano. When's he going to meet with Biden at the White House? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to take one sniff and say, this one smells different. <laughs> so just that line. Playing the piano with your penis, groundbreaking? <laughs> and if that's not the height of the hilarity, they bust out an old video of Ukraine's leader who we all knew was a comedian, but I didn't know oh, this. Yeah. At least when Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky back in his comedy days was in a skit where he played the piano with his penis, he only gave the illusion of doing so. You know, he pretended. Watch. And then, have you ever seen this skit? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Okay, you see it. Where he's acting like it, but you don't see actual. Right. Penis. Yes. I thought you were going to say Mr. Kanish. Mr. Kanish or Wiener. Either way. Mm -hmm. And then he, he wraps the whole thing up. That skit was recently well, dug up really. and put on Twitter with one person saying, quoting, who among us has not played Hava Nagila <laughs> on the piano with their genitals on stage and then gone on to lead their country against a foreign invasion? That, oh. Tucker, might be groundbreaking. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, man. I mean, I've got part one done. So, <laughs> man Where camp for we? president. I don't know. The, the progressive supergroup is reforming for one big tour, Emerson, Lake, and Penis. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to change the moniker that way. <laughs> Where are we? What is going on? 
It's unreal, dude. <laughs> he said you wanted to show your pianist on stage. <laughs> oh, that, oh, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> My gosh, man. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and roll this. Uh, the midterms, obviously, are coming up. It's a big deal. Okay. Um, and a lot of people just want to change the direction of the country. They don't like where it's all gone. I mean, you're talking open borders and the economy and trans activism in schools. It, there's a number of different topics. But did you know that if Republicans get in power, it's a threat to democracy? Mm-hmm. Oh, I've heard this. You win a free and fair election, and that's a threat to democracy. Okay. Um, I think it was Newsbusters, yeah, put together a montage. Uh, about a minute, minute and a half. Dude, these people, seriously, I don't know if they're acting a part because this is the part you're supposed to play with talking points or if they're mentally disturbed and believe this. But there are some doozies as far as the media coverage of this election. Roll it. Watching Republicans not just destroying democracy in the dark, breaking into election officers and plugging stuff in we're watching them do it from rally stages debate stages we could lose our democracy and it could happen in 17 days a majority of americans believe that democracy is under threat democracy on the ballot it's not just a slogan a lot of republicans in the last three weeks have suddenly found themselves deciding hey party over country <laughs> was that chuck todd yes it was oh, meanwhile geez. we're 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 gonna lift up a clearly addled dude mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania and say that what you heard the other night, you didn't hear. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm wondering whether this puts America into the fast lane towards illiberal democracy. Uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, the GOP are Nazis at this point or whatever, but it certainly sounds very familiar. <laughs> Shut up. What, what is this based on, David? Can you help me please understand that? Well, they're, they're afraid that Republicans are going to pass laws that make it harder to cheat in elections. Yes, that's and, a good thing. And that parents, that, and that then may, their game's over. Maybe parents should be notified before their children, you know, yeah. mutilate their genitals. I mean, I, so in their world, democracy only works if we're in power. Well, well real, realistically, I think they're, they're not afraid of the old-school, traditional Republican. They're not afraid of Jeb Bush because Jeb Bush is kind of part of the club, right? They're not, oh, or Mittens. Or, or Mitt Romney or, or any of the rest of them, any of the rest of that crew. They're not mm-hmm. afraid of them. What they're afraid of is a group of Republicans who fight like they do. Right. And who are willing to pare down the reach of the state of the federal government. There's more. We will wake up the morning after election day. We might not even call it that anymore in two years. The future is not Republican Party, so they have to cheat. Do you think it's time to ask for friends and allies to come over and help us monitor our elections? Do you think it requires you know what? Hey, you know, a democracy commission? Yes. The Republicans have wait. an explicit... Yes. Uh, so Nicole Wallace, uh, Frumpy McFrownerson over there, yes. actually brings up a good point. When she says, should we have our allies come over and monitor our elections? And maybe they should, because places like France will look and say, wait a minute, you allow early voting for three weeks and you don't require photo IDs? You're insane. Great point, David. They would. That's true. Yes. Excellent. The commission. The Republicans have an explicit incentive 
to make the economy worse. They will <laughs> cut Social Security. They're going to cut lunches for children. If Republicans they win want to starve children. They, even the Washington Post came out with a fact check on the whole Social Security canard. That's a total lie. Of course it is. Republicans win control of one or both houses of Congress. They will do everything in their power to sabotage the economy. They are not going to help you. So why would you vote for them? Millions of Americans are scared. A lot of Americans are right to be scared tonight. Why shouldn't we be scared? Democracy is on the knife's edge. Mr. President, I'll be honest. I'm scared. That <laughs> K-Port guy? <laughs> I'm scared. Mr. President, I'll be honest. I'm scared. I just happened to get some health news, switching gears. But it's related to that, in my opinion. All right. Um... This was a joint experiment conducted by American and Hong Kong researchers, examined the effects of various factors on people's biological age, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out, okay, what causes accelerated aging? I mean, you know some things, smoking, drinking too much, things like that. You know what is huge? Poor psychological state. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I'm I'm only 26. (laughs) (laughs) Look at me. Feeling hopeless, feeling fearful, feeling depressed, feeling unhappy, feeling lonely, feeling bothered. You hear that from these people every day. And you know what? That's funny because we were just having an off the, you know, just off the air conversation the other day. And I was reading some news and all these and different stuff. And I, I thought, you know, for a long time, like the perception was liberals had a lot of very attractive people on their side, especially women, right? Whether that was Hollywood, whether that was political commentary, it it was, you know, generally the liberals were the beautiful people from out west and the east coast. And now that is is, over. That is way over. I mean, it's and look, I I don't want to just boil everything down to how somebody looks. I mean, look at me. I I look like I shop out of a, a dumpster at Goodwill. But but I'll just say, I think there may be something to it. Or, or when you look at a typical, like, pro-abortion rally that surrounds yep. a pro-life demonstration. <laughs> and you don't have to read the signs to know who's on which side. And it's because one side is fueled by love of life and the other is a death cult. Yes. I mean, listen, man, you're being so nice. Some people just say, listen, as far as attractiveness, it's not even a fair fight. It's not even close. A lot of downtrodden and frumpy on one side. Woo! Okay. Another abortion claim against Herschel Walker. Here we go. That much more coming up. Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh oh. This is a big one. The Senate race in Georgia is about to flip. Oh, yeah? What? I, I'm telling you, it's breaking. 
Okay, huge implications here. You ready? New accusations. Another woman comes forward claiming Herschel Walker urged her to have an abortion. Yes, back in 1993. Dude, why is the second woman has come forward claiming Georgia Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker paid for her to have an abortion as early voting numbers in the state break records. Deadly school what? They break records? That's impossible. It's Georgia. They don't allow people to vote. Oh, it's Jim Eagle. No, I, I just out of curiosity, shouldn't left be celebrating this? Like celebrating well, Herschel Walker for the bravery of choosing abortion? But no, because in this case, apparently she didn't want to, but he encouraged and then paid for. Oh, okay. Because that never happens at Planned Parenthood. No. <laughs> no. No one ever gets encouraged. Well, his, he, he also has explained that he's very pro-life. So you mean he's a hypocrite? So that's the that's argument. That's what they're trying to say. But he's so, in- okay, so I'm a pro-life voter, and I see a hypocrite that will vote pro-life now. Or I can go with the <laughs> pastor <laughs> that's pro-choice, and I can vote for him. How does this change anything? It I doesn't. don't think it does. It distracts And he from- says He says it's not true. He's denying it. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's well, Gloria the groundbreaking. Allred, <laughs> Gloria Allred's on the scene yeah. now. Here we go. And with most people, then the credibility goes down when she shows up. What's Raphael Warlock have to say? I don't know. Well, he has a problem with the truth, says Raphael. So it's okay to run over somebody or whatever. They are desperate, man. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Martin. That's David Van Camp, and there's Scott Roberts. All right, David, the economy. Yeah. Uh, boy, celebration time. Yeah, All right. No, not, not really, though. You're going to see this headline oh. a lot. The economy grew 2.6% in the third quarter of the year. That's the first positive quarter of the year, and the White House is already trying to do a victory lap over that, even though the underlying data is not very good. Um, when you see real wages down about 3%, over the course of the year and again you know you can you can tout what the gdp number is uh all you want but people know what the score is when they go to walmart or try to buy a house well you're you're from the right you want the economy to tank no i really don't i mean at first actually i was like oh okay cool maybe maybe this is turning around when i see the top line number of 2.6 percent i'm thinking okay cool and then you see what actually happened Fewer imports because businesses are investing less in their inventories because they know it's tightening, uh, and more exports. And so when it's primarily driven by exports, it's not driven by commerce that's going on within the country, especially personal expenditures yeah. and uh, and investments in business in America. So it's it's actually not the great number that I was hoping it would be this morning. Well... I just happened to hear a report on home sales. 
Yeah. And of course, they're down. Mm-hmm. And that's to be expected because you got to raise the interest rates to yeah. slow down inflation. So if you were looking at a house earlier this year, you were thinking, yeah, maybe we could do that. Um, well, say the house actually dropped its price by 50 grand. Mm-hmm. Well, now you could do it. No, it's actually still going to cost you more because of the interest rates that have gone up. Well, they just they hit 7% first time in like yes. 20 years. So average. Yes. And it's this other problem, too, where you had the pandemic and then you had, okay, the pandemic's over. Maybe some, you know, building is going to occur. It starts to, but there is a supply chain issue Mm -hmm. and people can't get the materials to build the homes. And now by the time the homes are getting completed, well, the market's completely different now. So the price has got to be lowered. And that just plays a part of the economy that we're in. All I know is when I... Watch the people that I trust, and they say, this this takes a while. This is a long turnaround. They're usually right on that stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, we got an election here well, yeah. very soon. So, hey, great news. Yeah, I mean, the situation we're in at the national level is basically like if, you, if someone bought all your groceries for you for a month, so you might have extra money to show for it at the end of the month, but that doesn't mean you got a raise. That was kind of a one-and-done thing. Yeah. I think it's... Best said, when you go and you spend your money and you, you know, keep a monthly budget, you know what's happened. It's not good right now. Dude, just talk to people in line at the grocery store. Just have a conversation with, like, I don't know, real people buying real stuff. Is this what you do? Because I'm not comfortable with that. I do it all the time. Because if I'm standing there at the grocery store and here's this guy, hey, what do you think of these prices? No, I just say, can you believe what we're paying for this kind of stuff? And he's like, no, I can't. This is crazy. And we bond right there. Maybe he's just agreeing with you because you're creeping him out. Like, of course they're higher. Just kidding, man. Maybe okay, it's the hat I, I wear. Do. Disagree with yes. me and you die. Just have yeah, random no. conversations with people. No. In the gr- yeah, I try to stay away if I can. Oh, I don't. I, I dive right in. Okay, that's fine. That's no, why. I mean, well, you see it in the polling, too. Well, that's people why think I, it's going to get worse. You know, when, I, when I pull in to get my grocery, people just move out of the way. I, I'm usually in and out pretty quick. Yeah, that's good. Well, I do it at the gas station, too. We complain at the gas station together, too. That's right. You do do that. I do it all the time. Maybe it's because you just live with cats and you need conversation. That's probably a good that thing That could for very you. well be it. Okay. Hey, do you know what was a courageous performance? Because you're going to hear this a lot. I know. I know. I know. It has nothing to do with sports. That no, old cliche, courageous no. performance. Mm-hmm. No, it was. Good night, everybody. The debate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Between John Fetterman and Dr. Oz, of course, the courageous part was on John Fetterman. That's what we're being told. Okay. Yeah, this is amazing. So after that disastrous debate in Pennsylvania with Senate candidate John Fetterman, who's clearly struggling from the after effects of a stroke he had earlier this year, no fault of his, it happens. But that doesn't mean he should be a United States senator. I mean, he's clearly struggling. And, And they're not being honest about what the underlying issues really are. Don't know if there is significant brain damage, like what exactly is going on here. Uh, But the narrative is being shifted to him being a beacon for people with disabilities. The Washington Post was on it today, which again, I, I think is interesting because I don't remember a whole lot of celebratory think pieces about Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who's in a wheelchair. Nope. Or no. They're not talking about him being a beacon. No, he can't be. He's a Republican. Right. 
Right. You know how this works. Right. Except, you know, Governor Abbott can actually string seven words together in a row in the right order. Yes. So, I, well, I mean, you know how it works. Um, listen, if you want to be a part of the Black Caucus, you have to vote Democratic. If you vote Republican, you can't be a part of that club. Right. Same with the Hispanic Caucus. Yeah. I have Flores. Yeah. Move aside, not you. <laughs> yeah. No, because you vote Republican. Mm-hmm. You're a Republican. No. But so yeah, it's the same sort of thing. This was an actual exchange at the White House press briefing yesterday. Okay, roll it. Just curious if the president feels that um, uh, the lieutenant governor's decision to participate in that debate was um, an important moment in terms of um, welcoming people who have disabilities into the public sphere um, and whether that was important symbolically. I'm sorry to put you on the spot, David, because you probably don't know. Do you know who asked that question? I don't remember off the top of my head who that was. They're on the payroll. That, that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to ask that question, man. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, dude, really? The president, uh, as I said, is very impressive by his courage. Uh, and um, She sounded like Fetterman there that, for a second there. I, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think that's maybe they actually don't realize how bad he sounded because they're all suffering from brain damage, too. Well, dude, you think about the way she answers questions, the way Biden does. Yeah, It's like welcoming. Uh, that he sees from the lieutenant governor. I'm not going to get into any analysis of if he should have or should have not. But clearly, uh, you know, uh, when you are in those positions, when you are a lieutenant governor, you are also a leader and and, uh, uh, on many levels. And uh, and so, again, you know, we are impressed by his courage. We are impressed uh, by uh, what he's been able to accomplish. Let's just call it out. Here's what most people are saying. Shame on his family. Mm -hmm. Shame on those close to him. Shame on his political party for putting him out there. You know what? I really don't know, to be honest, if it was courageous or not, because I don't know how he thinks. I don't know where he's at. I mean, if he realizes he's having that hard a time and he knows he's going to look that bad, that it be that much of a debacle... I guess you can say it's courage. It could be your priorities are mixed up, man. If you really want to be a United States senator, you got to realize now is not your time. You should bow out. I mean, his name would have been on the ballot, but he could have got somebody else out there. Yeah. If they would have said early on. But remember, early on, they said no cognitive damage was done. Right. They said that. So now, and again, man, Please explain this to me. If you are a national news outlet and you're trying to gain credibility, if you're ABC, NBC, whoever, how is it the day after that debate you don't have some neurospecialist on to explain what's going on with this dude after a stroke? Because they want to cover for him. I mean, we heard the... Exactly. We heard the clips and the way that everything was presented yesterday where they say, well, at times he struggled. Not at times. I mean, I watched the debate. No. It, it was it was brutal. You know what? I shouldn't be surprised. Sometimes I want to hit myself in the head and say, how naive can you be? Because after the debate, I told you, man, I could only watch it for four minutes because I knew we'd be talking about it. I knew we'd have the clips. It was so uncomfortable. And it was, to me, clearly, this is over. Everybody can see this for what it is. And I knew there'd be some spin, but the spin that we're hearing is even worse than I had imagined.
Like, you got to be joking me. You got Lawrence O'Donnell comparing Fetterman to FDR? Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, it's astounding. More on that a little bit later. David, what is the story with the New York Post getting hacked? Dude, this is crazy. Uh, the New York Post, they got hacked today. Uh, I guess the the website got hacked, and so that wound up automatically posting these articles on Twitter, the way they have the website uh, set up. So whoever did it was publishing nasty, outlandish, racist, and murderous headlines. And I'm not talking about, you know, Joy Reid, everything is racist. I mean, actual, yes, it was racist, clearly. I mean, going after the mayor of New York City, you know, mm-hmm. calling him a monkey, uh, that kind of, like, it was, it's it's brutal. Um, there are some other headlines where, like Miranda Devine, for example, who wrote a lot of the uh, Hunter Biden laptop stories. It's right. supposedly a column from her that suggests that you assassinate Joe Biden and kill his son. <sighs> Come on. Um, there's Governor Abbott. I will order Border Patrol to start slaughtering illegals. Uh, Lee Zeldin, the Republican running for governor against Kathy Hochul, is quoted in this, again, fake, obviously, saying that he will rape and batter Kathy Hochul. Sorry, can't say the two words that follow there. Wow. Uh, uh, And again, I mean, it's just it's nasty stuff. They're trying to get to the bottom of it. It may be a disgruntled employee, maybe a Democratic Party operative. It may be just some hacker trying to have a little bit of fun. Uh, The funny part to me, though, is that evidently Governor Kathy Hochul's office actually thought those were real headlines (laughs) and put out a statement about it. This is incredible. This is from the press secretary. Quote, the New York Post has long fostered an ugly, toxic conversation on their front pages and social accounts, but these posts are more disgusting and vile as usual, or than usual. The New York Post needs to immediately explain how this reprehensible content was made public while the Post has made its preferences very clear in the New York governor's race. There's no room for this violent, sexist, uh, sexist rhetoric in our politics. We demand answers. Okay, I was sort of joking before when I wondered if Hochul was human because she seems very robotic. Yeah. Now I'm convinced. They're all bots. And so they just bought into it and believed it. There's no way they could believe that was true. Yeah. I just don't believe it. Now, oh, we got bigger fish well, to fry the, the post than is, any of this. Just real quick, the Post is saying it was carried out by a rogue employee, not a hacker. Oh. A ro- wow. That would be a rogue employee. Okay, serious stuff that we got to get to uh megan markle duchess of sussex um scott um she's afraid to speak her mind oh shut up or be clear about what she needs yes be clear about what she needs yes they're not all being met well a fear of sounding demanding and and being perceived as an angry black woman I don't even look at her as a black woman. I never have. Um, I think, Scott, you're going to want to know the whole story of why she's in fear right now of speaking her mind. The worst person in the world. (laughs) (laughs) The worst. Yeah, we got to get to that for nothing else for your reaction to it. Um, And you won't believe what politician actually wants a raise. It is a beaut. Straight ahead right here.
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, real quick, I'll get to uh, the troubles that Meghan Markle's going through right now because I know you care, Scott. I do. Well, you know, I, I, that poor thing. But first, yeah, somebody wants a raise. Doesn't everybody? This politician might be, if you were to say, I got to make a list of politicians that definitely don't deserve a raise, this one would have to be in the top 10. Do you agree, David? Uh, yeah, I think so. Maybe top five. Gretchen Whitmer. I'd rank her higher for not deserving a race. Lori Lightfoot. There you go. Are you, you kidding it? me? Yeah. I got it. Mayor of Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Lori Lightfoot, the yes. uh, mayor of Chicago, once uh, she has uh, proposed to the city council or the board of aldermen, whatever they call it, uh, mm-hmm. she has proposed a 5% raise okay, to combat inflation. She already makes over $200,000 a year. Golly. To basically make stupid videos about census cowboys and whatnot. <laughs> right. <laughs> Seriously, is there one thing Chicago can say, you know what, this has really improved since she's been mayor? No, nothing. No. No. Nothing. That would I mean, warrant any sort of pay raise. Honestly, business at funeral homes is booming. <laughs> yeah. Golly. Man, that's dark. I'm just saying. Well, it's like it's undertakers true. for Lightfoot. You know, that <laughs> well, and ERs, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't think they want the business to be. Well, I, work I there. don't think they would either. But if if you're looking at, uh, you know, victories. They don't get optics, do they? These people. No, she no, 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 no. Speaking of which, I'll just get this out of the way because there's other bigger news that we need to tackle. And that's the Meghan Markle thing. After she said she hated being objectified on deal or no deal as the suitcase girl. Whichever one said, are you serious? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> what a joke that That's is. That's part of That's the, job. the job. Yeah. Okay. Um, now she says, you know what? Uh, on her new podcast, she's afraid to speak her mind uh, because she doesn't want to be perceived as an angry black woman. Yeah. The Duchess of Sussex shared, I'm particular. I think a high tide raises all ships. We're all going to succeed. So let's make sure it's really great. Because it's a shared success for everybody. But I also know that I will find myself cowering and tiptoeing into a room. And I say to myself, oh, gosh, stop. Stop like whispering and tiptoeing around it. Just say what it is you need. You're allowed to set a boundary. You're allowed to be clear. It does not make you demanding. It does not make you difficult. It makes you clear. Psychobabble nonsense. (laughs) Jeez. She tiptoes into a room because Uncle Andrew's in there. <laughs> She's, okay. I just want to vomit in a bag every time I hear her talk. Dude, I think it's to the point where people on the left are getting massively turned off by her. It, it seems like more people are turning on her every week. Well, Do you feel it? Woe is me well, thing. I, is yes. Just, even if it's not openly turning on anybody, it's just sort of like rolling their eyes. I mean, listen, you, you yeah. can't sustain a please respect my privacy tour for four years. Okay? <laughs> no. We're going to work out podcasts way. and Netflix specials. Yeah. Interviews with Oprah. Yeah. Yeah, it does ring a little hollow. Yes, it does. Cashing in. Yes, of course. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right, David, if you have to name one big story of the day, what would it be? It's that the Biden administration is asking you to not believe your eyes and wallet uh, by saying that the economy, hey, it's turning around, okay? Things are going well. You see the GDP report? 
that actually showed that spending was down. People are holding on to their money a little bit more. Businesses are yeah. holding on to their money. Layoffs are on the way. But because mm-hmm. GDP was at plus 2.6%, fueled by dumping off exports, uh, like a one-time thing, the Biden administration, they're going to try to ride this all the way to the uh, midterms because they're counting on people to not actually read the details of anything. Right. You know, something we got to get to along with another news update. Trans activists trying to explain why you can be transgender but not transracial. You got to hear this. Straight ahead. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, Millennial, and the sexy boomer Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, well, we got the news that uh, Saudi Arabia uh, was well approached by several White House officials to try to hmm, uh, beg for a little bit more oil, and Saudi Arabia turned around and said, actually, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to be pumped. Wait, wait. our president said that's not what the meeting was about. No, it was about, you know, making sure that we were there in a strategic region of the world. No, it had nothing to do with groveling to the crown prince to pretty please bail me out for the midterms. Did you see the report from the Wall Street Journal? (laughs) that the Saudi crown prince mocks Biden and questions his fitness for office behind his back. I don't think that's breaking news. You probably figured that was happening. But you go into the story a little bit, and yeah, it definitely happens. And I'm asking before I go any further, do you get a kick out of this, or do you hate it, the fact that the leader of Saudi Arabia is making fun of our president? Uh, I mean, honestly, it's like, yeah, I don't really care if they're making fun of him. What I care is what the actions were. That that makes me deeply embarrassed for our president. But if they're making fun of him behind his back, screw Saudi Arabia. I would like to know how you say true and to to pressure in Arabic, though. <laughs> <laughs> is that your favorite Biden? It's my all time. Yeah, it's you've got that oh, nailed, dude. Time. I, I still yeah. can't say it. It's pretty tough. Shoot a dash, double to pressure. <laughs> and what is it exactly? Shoot a dash, double to pressure. Okay. Very but, good. But I would love to see that translated. Okay. Into all different languages. By the way, when they met with the Saudi prince, mm-hmm. they thought that deal was secured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. That's one of the parts. Well, if you can't trust the Saudis, who can you trust? Exactly. They only did 9-11. They're telling everybody, we're not going to go through with this. Mm-hmm. We're just doing this meeting. Yeah. By the way, side story. Speaking of the Wall Street Journal, I saw this earlier today. Did you see the Department of Justice is looking into Augusta National Golf? Why? And this ties to Saudi Arabia. That's what a lot of people think it's about. Because the first reaction from a lot of people would be, with everything going on in the world, the yeah. Department of Justice right. is going after Augusta National for what? Well... They said they were trying to put pressure 
on individual golfers from joining the Live Golf Tour, which is funded by the Saudis, in coordination with the PGA Tour to try to talk to players saying, don't go there. Be a shame if you didn't play the Masters in the future if you end up going to Live Golf, that sort of thing. So that's what they're doing the investigation on. Oh, okay. So they're appeasing the Saudis. That's the thought. Yes. To, to say uh, it's unfair for you to do this, Augusta National. These players should go get to play for Saudi money if they want to. Mm-hmm. As part of maybe they could do that sort of deal and they could get a little bit of that oil from Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that's true. That People are just wondering why the Department of Justice is getting so invested in this instead of, I don't know, fentanyl killing people that's coming across the border. Something that you could spend better time on. Thoughts on that? I don't know. It wouldn't I mean, surprise me if that were the score, honestly. And I, you know, I for but one. But I mean, I, as far as spending the time from the Department of Justice. Oh, no, they got bigger fish to fry. But Of course they do. But Joe probably is trying to figure out what levers he can pull to get the Saudis to pretty please pump more oil. Because we can't do that here. <laughs> it's so frustrating on so many different levels. We do it cleaner than anybody. Yeah. We do it cleaner than Saudi Arabia. Anyway. Trying to find out who was on the course on January 6th and who wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one, Robbins. Thank you. Got to give you that. That was pretty darn good. Uh, What is the reaction that Myra Flores, the first Mexican-born congresswoman, uh, is not allowed on the Hispanic caucus? Oh, not not surprising at all because she's a Republican. So it's really not... The Hispanic Caucus, you might as well call it the Hispanic Democratic Caucus. That's absolutely what it is. Yeah. Uh, It's the same thing with the The same thing with the Black Caucus. Right. The Congressional Mm -hmm. Black Caucus is for only black Democrats. No. Okay. So it really has nothing to do with whether you're black or not. It's just you have to be of this political party. Also, the Hispanic uh, caucus, they were very concerned because the ladies realized that Myra Flores is 10 times hotter than any of them, and they get jealous. Oh, boy. So, just saying. Okay, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Hispanic caucus. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Why is you being so sexist? Oh, dude, if you bring up anything about attractiveness, Mm -hmm. you know, with candidates... Oh, yeah, I know. Hey, people do it all the time with dudes like, man, that guy. But honestly, it's hard not to recognize the difference between the parties. Just leave it at that. (laughs) You know it's your... You talk about it all the time. it It would be interesting to play that game and just have people... We don't know their affiliation walk into a room one at a time. Yeah. And see how accurate we are. Just on attractiveness. Yes. Yes. Well, you can say, well, that's nothing but sexist. That's not the way things should work. We know from studies that attractive people get benefits. They do. Mm-hmm. They're more likely to be hired. I mean, you can go down the list. It's it's part of the deal. That's All why right. I've had to work twice as hard. <laughs> <laughs> and in heels. That's why we're not. That's why we're not on TV. That's right. Okay, David. I've been looking forward to this for I think seven years now, because. I brought this up during the days of Rachel Dolezal. I was shouted down. 
I was told I was a Neanderthal. I don't understand. There are obvious differences into comparing someone that's transgender or someone claiming to be transracial. Right. And I was always trying to figure out why. I don't understand it. Why is it so bad for Rachel Dolezal, who, by the way, I think was a nut and still do, but why all the hate on her and not someone that claims to be a woman when they're a man? But now we have clarity on this? Sort of. A writer for The Federalist named Davida Duffy went to a rally at UW-Madison where there are a bunch of trans activists out there holding signs, you know, a lot of nose rings and purple hair and whatnot. Uh, and she asked about the Rachel Dolezal paradox, where apparently you can change your gender, but don't even think about changing your race. And tried to get them to explain what the difference was. Okay. By the way, if you want, uh, if you forget Rachel Dolezal, yeah. remember... This is what she tried to say at the time. I don't identify as African-American. I identify as black. So I am, I am part of the Pan-African diaspora. Which Scott always appreciated. I like the Pan-African uh, Olympic Games. <laughs> Sounds like that would be in a, a sport, wouldn't it? Like a <laughs> diaspora? Pan-American diaspora. You know, well, she went on Whatever said, diaspora is. She also huh. said this at the time. Even though race is a social construct, and we've acknowledged this in academia and in science, there still is a line drawn in the sand. There still are sides. Politically, there's a black side and a white side, and I stand unapologetically on the black side. I stand with my own internal sense of self and my own values. Okay. Be whatever you want. And said, well, that, no. That's not it. You're white. You're white, Rachel. You're not black. Yeah. Okay. But now we're going to understand why that's bad. But if you're a woman, say, no, 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 I'm a man, that there's a reason. Yeah. Okay. All right. Roll it. If I identify as black, can I be black? That's a slightly different, like, concept. Um Black is, on top of just being skin, black is also very much a cultural identity. Um, and I would argue that so is being trans, um, but that's a little bit different. Um, claiming you're black as born a white person, it doesn't envelop any of the culture that black people are typically raised in, and it doesn't respect the origins of what it means to be a black person. Um, but, so I feel like that's a little bit different. But, wow. But being a woman, that's just a costume. Being a man is just a costume and just an identity, but you're racialized. If anything, you can make a better cultural argument for transracialism than transgenderism. Yes. I was just going to say that. Yep, you're absolutely right. You certainly can. Go ahead and make the argument. Well, it's because race in terms of, well, like, race is basically a, uh, a cultural concept to begin with. I mean, it doesn't, around the world, it doesn't necessarily come down to just skin color. I mean, when you're looking at race and ethnicity, uh, I mean, look at what, what happened in, uh, in Rwanda in the 90s. Those were two groups who were both black, but they were different ethnicities. And mm -hmm. one decided to go on a genocidal killing spree against the other. And so, like, you, if, if you and I were to look at a person who is Hutu and a person who is Tutsi, we would never be able to identify which one was which. But they knew that was part of their culture. They knew that. Now, when you're talking about changing skin color, eh, you know, yeah, there is an effort and a process to that. 
if you were to be a white person who identifies as a black person. Mm -hmm. But that's actually a lot easier to do than the surgeries and hormone therapies it takes to try to change your gender. That's exactly right. Right. Is that the same example you were going to use, Scott? Yeah. Yes, it doesn't involve mutilation of body parts. Got it. I thought you were going to say, like in The Jerk, the 1979 classic with Steve Martin. Right. He was raised a poor black child. By blind people, right? No. (laughs) No. No, that was... blind. No, that was... uh, Gosh, I can't think of his name now. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, Clayton Bigsby, the... uh, Yeah, Clayton Bigsby. The black white supremacist. Right. White supremacist, yeah. Yeah, didn't know. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not making the case for transracialism, but I'm just saying it, it right. would make more sense uh, to say that as opposed to switching what is your actual biological self. There is no such thing, physically speaking, as a man being born in a woman's body. That's not a physical thing. That doesn't really exist. That exists be- in, between people's ears in their heads. Well, uh, well, hold on. Somebody else could probably explain this okay. better than that person. But okay, maybe thank you. I would say no. I that's kind of a whole other topic, you know. Um, uh, that's more to do with like someone's culture and like where they came from and everything. Um, gender is just what you popped out as, you know. There's. <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> stymied. <laughs> you know what? There was a great conversation that was had. Uh, between somebody that doesn't believe in any of the trans stuff and a person that identifies as trans, like an honest conversation that happened uh, earlier this week, actually. A highlight part of that. Hmm. should do that. Okay. Uh, coming up in a few. Um, also, remember Bob Menendez, Democratic senator? He was under a bunch of investigations a few years back. It's happened again. What? You don't say. All coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, I know I said it was a really nice conversation between someone that identifies as trans and someone that doesn't believe in trans at all. Right. We'll have to get to that at another time. David has a news update first, well, which is what? Uh, it's another Fetterman update. You know, we're, we're told he doesn't have brain damage, and it's just fine, okay? And you're ableist if you point out that he seems like he has brain damage from that stroke. And probably there was shouldn't a doctor be... on CNN that says he does. Yeah, that that, and they're not being open about what exactly happened, other than they say he had a stroke and he's doing a little better. Well, here he is doing an interview talking about immigration. You no, know, and you know, you talk about the the, the liber the liberty of of statue um, has never had a, an inscription inside that said, you know, send your your tired huddled uh, masses. And put him on a bus and turn him into a, a, a cheap political stunt. Kind of so anxious right now. Looks well, like you have an idea, maybe what uh, he's getting at, but I'm not quite sure. I don't know what that was. Here's the thing: I think I've noticed something. Let's see if you agree. When you had the doctor on CNN, he was very hesitant to say yes. There's damage there, man. Yeah. There was all these qualifiers, but he had to come out with the truth at some point. Yeah. 
I think there might be some people in liberal media that know, hey, I can't just lie through this. Mm -hmm. I need to keep a job. Like, everyone sees this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you had, I mean, all these different people say, oh, it was courageous, it was good, and I thought he actually did very well and all of that stuff. I mean, Allison Camerata on CNN, you know, said, you know, he, it wasn't good. David Axelrod, who is, you know, Obama's guy, who still is one of the people that CNN puts on. Fetterman needed to show he sufficiently recovered, and this debate surely did not help. Chris Cuomo. He is clearly dealing with health issues that affect his ability to process and his ability to speak. Clearly, fitness for office is going to be on the table. I mean, you can only lie so much, isn't it? Where even you're going to lose your people that are used I mean, to you lying? You can get your crackpots like Lawrence O'Donnell who do the crazy FDR comparison, but, you know. Oh, man. But besides that, I mean, people with even a minuscule amount of credibility have to look at this and go, well... This is a disaster. It is a disaster. Um, oh, and I mentioned Bob Menendez. Menendez. Remember? We remember Bob, sure. We all thought Bob was going to go to jail. Yeah. That's split. Jury was split there. He didn't go to jail. Um, but he's being looked at again for corruption charges. <laughs> Doesn't seem to end with this guy. No. One of the things, man, that was accused of him before, and I don't know if you remember this. It was about underage girls. Yeah. Another one of these guys. How many are there? I had forgotten that part about it. Sometimes you're in this sea of darkness. You can't quite remember who was accused of what. But it's almost surprising he's still around. Yeah. Well, it's not when you consider a lot of the people behind the scenes uh, are bad people, and some of them want to diddle your kids. Sometimes, David, you just throw it out there the way I suppose it really is. Mm-hmm. Watch oh, now. my gosh, man. Some loser with the Washington Post. David Van Camp is angry with QAnon now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Good news. We all feel it. This is starting to change. It's going to turn around. It's going to happen. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is... The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. you have another news update, David? Just keep coming out. I guess, man. I don't know. I just, I just saw this, and apparently... We have a new term for illnesses that are going around because there's this respiratory illness, RSV, uh, that is primarily affecting children. Um, And then there's still the Rona out there, and then we're heading into flu season. I just saw this from the Today Show, and hmm. A lot of parents are worried sick this morning about the triple-demic of viruses going around, especially... 
A triple demic, really? Yes. Oh yeah, that's what they opened with. Yeah, really? you're right. They've talked about it for a couple days. Yep, they have every morning. Okay. That's what they're opening with. Okay. The triple demic. It's not good for you, David, to go there or Good Morning America. That's for me and Scott. Your mental health will not be good if you triple do. Triple demic. Okay. Yes. Well, you know what we need to do. Yeah, that's, that's midterms yeah. are just right around the corner. Got to be safe. We got to expand mail-in voting. <laughs> and drop exactly. boxes, okay? Right. It's not just a pandemic, okay? It's a triple demic. Demic. Okay? It's one like, away it's, from a grand slam demic. It's that's like the difference between a pan pizza and a deep dish pizza, okay? Chicago style. It. Oh goodness. You know, man, on the whole pandemic thing, you know how you have so many people on the left now with this revisionist history of how they were saying, Well, I wasn't one of those people. Yeah. I was trying to get kids back in school. Right. Right? Okay, I don't need to spend much time on this, but from the sports world, Stephen A. Smith, who's on ESPN. Yeah. He was all, like, Kyrie Irving, get the vaccine, terrible, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, Bill Maher has that sideshow he's got where people come into his lounge and they just start talking about whatever. I don't know if Bill Maher knew this about Stephen A. Smith and where he was at on the vaccines. But just listen to how he set this up with Stephen A. Smith. I don't know what you thought of, like, the athletes who didn't want to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get into a big fight about it because I will. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I was on their side Mm -hmm. because... Health is a case-by-case basis. And when you're a finely tuned athlete with a body that is perfect because you... That's your living. Mm -hmm. You put in that body only what you want to put on to keep that instrument. That is your instrument. Mm -hmm. Uh, The idea that Djokovic was going to hurt anybody or Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers and, oh my gosh, Kyrie Irving. I mean, clutch my pearls. Uh, (laughs) So I'm hearing this. I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, where's this going to go? And he, he goes, will on. have both his integrity mm-hmm. for standing up to the mob. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who wanted to insist he do something to his own body mm-hmm. that he didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And he will have the money. Okay. You said we're going to fight about this. Okay. So let's fight about okay. it. <laughs> yeah. The mob was Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. Yes. That's what I don't know if Bill Maher understands as he's even going into this. But now Stephen A. has something he'd like to say. Let me be very clear. <laughs> very clear. I don't disagree with you. What? Um, it's not much of a fight. It's, it's, well, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm, 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 get to, I'm get to the point. Yeah, it's your body. And somebody is trying to tell you what to inject into your body. I didn't like it. I was very reluctant and hesitant about getting vaccinated. Me too. But, but obviously, Disney made it very, very clear. You know, you want to work here in these corridors. Exactly. You need to do Nature, that, right? That's exactly with right. me. That's right. Here's mm-hmm. where I held it against Kyrie. It had nothing to do... Okay. With being vaccinated or unbeing vaccinated or being unvaccinated in my mind. Well, sure it did. What bothered me is what? that you are a superstar on a team that is a championship contender and everybody is there because of you. Hold on. That's not how I remembered it. Is that the way you remembered it? Nope. No. Well, let's go back to the tape then. No, it isn't. I- okay, this is when he's asked about what is your thought about Kyrie being allowed to play road games. Because of the mandate in New York City. Like, at least he can play with the team now. Right. And I, it could have been the take, hey, he stood on his principles, a strong black man. He didn't want to take the vaccine. He stood on his principles. And now, yes, I think it's good. Oh, no. 
No, it isn't. I think it's a horrible move. Um, I think it's a disgraceful move. I think that Nets' ownership is incredibly disappointing, and I think that uh, the league should intervene. What? Um, I want to put this out there, and I want to be very, very clear about where I stand. Um, I'm open to the league invoking its best interest of the game clause and mandating that everybody be vaccinated. Holy cow. In some <laughs> Holy cow. Very reluctant. No, I'm with you. It's your body. Yeah, I'm with you, Bill Maher. What a fraud, that guy. What was the other part? Uh, that ultimately stipulates that you are indeed vaccinated. I think that that is something that should be mandated. This is a global health crisis. This is a pandemic. There's another one. Got to change the take now. No, we're not, realize no this, you're not, we're not forgetting this. this we're not forgetting it. 1934, where you could whisper something to somebody and they kept it to themselves or say it, change your mind six months later, nobody's got the evidence. We've got the evidence. Yes. Dummy. Yes. Speaking of which, remember all those people? John Fetterman, no cognitive decline. I mean, sure, he's got an auditory issue. But no, nothing to do with brain mm -hmm. until now. Right. Different people have to admit it after the debate that went down in Pennsylvania the other night. And Corrine Jean-Pierre mm -hmm. said what? Oh, uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre uh, says, well, you know, the president thinks he's just as capable as always. <laughs> I'm sure the president does. Right. <sighs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Roll that. Um, with, in personal conversations that the president has had with the lieutenant governor, the president has found him to be impressive, uh, incredibly bright and talented person who's just as capable as always uh, to carry out uh, his office, uh, the duties of his office, as we know he is lieutenant governor currently, and has great... Well, you know, that's like Charles Barkley saying, yeah, he's a real good golfer. Give me a break. Mm -hmm. Biden says that's very impressive. And has great ability and heartfelt concern for the people of the Commonwealth. And that is what uh, the president has observed himself. Uh, that is, uh, you know, okay. as, as is the case before and is the case today. Uh, and he yeah. respects the courage and the honesty mm -hmm. uh, that he sees uh, from the lieutenant governor that he's experienced in their conversation and their relationship okay. over time. And I we, have, we have, of course, uh, it, it, as relates course. to your question about uh, his health, seen the same comments yeah. from independent medical experts that you all have noted and, and uh, that the improving symptoms uh, he has had uh, to do with the where speech and they? hearing. Where are these not reports all with that the you speak of? What is she talking about? I don't know. Where I, do don't, I, have no I don't idea. know. But <laughs> I'm just trying to picture the conversation between he and Biden. Well, dude, I mean, again, I, I I'm trying to hear it. that in my mind right May now. Maybe this is just me uh, and the season of life that I'm in, but what I picture it is a situation like when I take my daughter, who's almost three, to the playground, and there's another kid there who's about her age, and they start playing with one another. And they don't really speak in full sentences totally. You know, they mm -hmm. say a few words here and there, but a lot of it is still just kind of babble back and forth. Mm -hmm. The two kids completely understand one another. They are able to communicate with mm -hmm. one another in a, on a level that <laughs> most of us can't. Because we're we're used to the structure of language, I think that Biden probably does actually <laughs> believe that John Fetterman is sharp as a tack. He understands him. He gets it. Wow. Because I mean, I, but yeah, yeah. But, well, you may be right about that. I mean, you know, you may be. It's like Joe Biden thinks he's just as sharp as ever. Yeah. And one time, Ray Charles said he really likes Stevie Wonder's tie. I mean, <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right. Jeez. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, Stevie Wonder's not yeah. really blind, though, so that doesn't really work. So. That's true. I was waiting for that. David Van Camp theory. Uh, by the way, uh, there are some people out in the news industry that are saying, okay, Dasha Burns is owed a big apology right now. Yeah. She absolutely is. Right. And if you don't know who that is, that's the NBC reporter that a couple of weeks ago had reported that well, I'll just play you the clip from her. Here, he also still has some uh, problems, some challenges with speech. And I'll say, Katie, that just in some of the small talk prior to uh, the interview, before the closed captioning was up and running, it did seem that uh, he had a hard time understanding our, our conversations. She got ripped on. Oh, yeah. From other journalists. All over the place. How dare you? And what were they saying, David? Something to the extent of, uh, well, I've talked to him. Yeah. I noticed nothing. Yeah. They're, they're saying, he's well, fine. maybe she's just bad at small talk is really what yes. multiple people kept saying. And mm -hmm. it's, and, and okay, but we saw this now on display that even with the aid of closed captioning, uh, even just from the beginning of the debate, uh, from the opening statement, where he opens up and says, hi, everyone, good night. You knew something's not yeah. right there. No. So, Absolutely yeah, not right. They do owe that reporter an apology. It's crazy how few of her own colleagues, people who work at the network where she's employed, will not stand up for her. Because it's not really news. It's a well, propaganda no. machine. Golly. And we all know it. Oh, I mentioned... But get this out of the way. I thought this was actually a conversation that could be applauded because a lot of times it's just shouting back and forth, different sides of an issue, and people have recognized this. Matt Walsh from Daily Wire. What is a woman? That's the documentary about the trans issue. Mm -hmm. So he's been going to different colleges and speaking about this and the hate and people spitting on, you know, conservatives that are out there to go and see him speak. So... As he's taking questions, there is a person who is trans that wanted to talk to him. And so this is a back and forth. And people are like, hey, this is like actually a human conversation. We should probably have more of this. And I, I applaud Matt Walsh for this, but this is the trans person. Here he also still has... No, that's, that's Dasha. Mm -hmm. The trans person, yes. Eight months ago, I was diagnosed with gender dysphoria while I was inpatient here in UW-Madison. Um... I looked into the research and like talked to doctors and through my uh, journey, I decided to explore medically transitioning, you know, because it's shown to decrease suicidal ideation and stuff like that. Um, and since then, although I've had to deal with other issues such as transphobia and sexual assault, I've been more happier overall than I ever was before. And my question to you is, what specifically about medically transitioning do you think is so immoral that we should ignore the potential benefits? And why should I listen to you as somebody who's not a medical professional and has not experienced gender dysphoria? Okay. Fair enough, right? All right, your turn, Matt. Yeah. I mean, because there are a lot of parents that are dealing with, you know, kids that have this issue all of a sudden. And, you know, what do you do? There was Walsh. Yeah. There's a dishonesty behind it. Dishonesty in the false promises that they make, which is that you can attain this image of uh, maleness or femaleness 
but that you can actually become in some ways the, the opposite gender or sex, whatever words you want to use, which is a lie. It's not true. You never can. I think I can pass. I, I have a horrible Adam's apple. My, my voice sounds like this. And goes on to talk about some of the things that you could do surgically to help with that. And why would that be bad? But the point of medicine is not supposed to be to make you happy in the moment. That's not, that's not the objective of medicine. The objective of medicine is your overall wellness. It's about treating what is actually wrong. That's, that's medicine. And so if you are struggling to accept who, who you were born as, what your actual biological identity is, I have all the compassion in the world for that. I mean, I, I can't imagine having that disconnect in my head. It has to be a source of, of immense despair. But what I hate is the, is the medical professionals who, instead of helping you with that, and help, instead of helping you to accept who you really are and find joy and fulfillment in it, they're trying to make a quick buck. And they're selling you false promises. And they're telling you that this stuff is based on long-term studies. And they're lying to you because it's not. There have never been any reliable long-term studies on almost all of this stuff because the fact is that the medical industry only started doing this at such a large scale recently. So they couldn't have the data. They're pretending that they do. They're lying. And that's what I hate. And I thought that was wow. Very good. Yeah, very respectful, man. It's a real issue for a lot of people. All right, news update straight ahead. Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. I just think this is funny to me. They hear a lot of people in lefty media, and I don't even just mean mainstream media. I mean straight-up socialist garbage media that talks about what the great utopia we could build if people would just come around to their side. But everybody's too racist, (laughs) homophobic, and sexist (laughs) to deal with it. There's a guy named Cenk Uger. Yeah. Uh, he, he hosts this podcast thing called the, the young Turks and pretty big name in online media, socialist lefty, uh, apparently, uh, took a trip to LA and wondered who was responsible for the state of Los Angeles. Uh, he wrote, you gotta be kidding. He wrote LA is a mess. There's trash all over the roads. Cops don't respond to calls. It's close to anarchy here. Is Garcetti, the current mayor already in Mumbai? Is anyone running this city? Karen Bass seems to be saying she's going to maintain the status quo. She knows how to work the system. No thanks. Well, how how the heck do you think it got that way? It was policies <laughs> that you yes. advocate for on a day and have made a very good living, by the way, advocating for. Trying to convince young people to go along with this scam. Now, somebody actually responded, uh, get out of your car, grab a garbage bag and start cleaning. Uh, and he responded, and I quote, no, that's not my job. Real people don't have time to also be municipal workers. Oh. Oh, looking down at the little people. <laughs> yeah, Mr. <laughs> Marxist suddenly uh, not in solidarity huh. with the working class. Huh. No. Well, Weird. That's something, huh? Did you guys see uh, Elon Musk bring the sink into Twitter yes, headquarters so, yesterday? Yes, I did, sir. Let that sink in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he's put out there why he bought Twitter. Mm -hmm. And he's talked about it before. 
But he said it's important to the future of civilization to have a common digital town square where a wide range of beliefs can be debated in a healthy manner without resorting to violence. There is currently great danger that social media will splinter into far right wing and far left wing echo chambers that generate more hate and divide our society. And he lamented that traditional media has fueled and catered content to polarized extremes while sacrificing dialogue for the sake of making money. Said that he's doing this, the reason he's done all of his endeavors, because he wants to maximize human potential. That I didn't do it because it'd be easy or make more money. I'm trying to help humanity. We'll see how it goes. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David. Biggest story of the day to me probably is the mirage that was the GDP report that came out today that showed that the economy on an annualized basis uh, grew 2.6%, which wipes out uh, the negative growth that we saw earlier this year. Now, on its face, you'd say, wow, that looks like pretty good news. You dig into it and you realize, well, all of the gains really came from dumping off exports and minimizing imports. And so the average Joe is still falling behind. So most people are not really going to reap any benefits from what this top-line report shows. No, they won't. Okay. Another update. And Scott Roberts. Yeah, buddy. Oh, this should be fun. His top three of the day, the trifecta, coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News yeah. update, David Van Camp. That's all this. So people are freaking out about Elon Musk taking over Twitter because now it's, I guess, official. Um, and I, I don't know if you saw this. There was an employee of Twitter who uh, had tweeted out, hey, I'm glad that you enjoyed our lounge. How did you feel smiling into the faces of the people who wonder if they're going to still have a job? <laughs> Oh, man. Like you it, talk about the lack of self-awareness. I know. Like, oh, just, uh, okay. Children, yeah, sometimes people get laid off. It's sad. It sucks. There's no question about it. But there's a reason why yeah, a different are... owner comes in and wants to run things differently. That's the way the real that, world works. That's Yeah, and you don't, you don't get to demand that you don't get fired. It's, it's a transaction. And honestly, every employee of Twitter who is getting laid off, they kind of did it to themselves because they've seen what's going on and they, they drank the Kool-Aid. Dude, how many times have Twitter employees been caught on video talking about <laughs> how they run the operation Yeah, I, and silence people? I, I, I did like this guy, and I could never get a good, good read on him other than sometimes he's insufferable and sometimes I think he's funny. His name is Ken uh, Klippenstein. Uh, tweeted out, I expect Twitter to remain mostly the same under Elon, except it'll somehow get massive federal subsidies and occasionally burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little SpaceX joke there. Yes. Pretty good. Uh, real quick before the trifecta, just happened to see this. There have been a lot of races for this midterm. 
election that you thought, well, it, it's going to be an uphill battle for this person, you know, like uh, looking at different states. Right. There has been one story that's been fascinating to watch. Well, a lot, really. But I'm talking about Carrie Lake in oh, Arizona. Jeez, yeah. Because many times we've heard her handle media and say, that's the way it's done. David, I think, well, and you too, Scott, have both said this. It's a master class. It is. This should be shown to other Republicans yeah, on no how question. you stand up to false yeah. nonsense reported by the media. Now, really, in all fairness, she's got a lot of uh, experience behind her because she knows yeah. how these people are. Well, and that's yes. good. She's been, she swam in that pond. Yep. And, and yes. The, and the thing is, never debate on their terms. Ever. And that's what she does very well. Doesn't doesn't let herself Absolutely. get cornered by false narratives. Just says, well, no, that's not true. Let me explain. Yes. And she is now up 11 points. Wow. Oh, I know. Well, I saw 11 that one poll. points. It's not every poll, but that. No, but any poll, you're up yeah, 11, 11 points? points. She's up in every poll, by the way. Wow, man. Mm hmm. And yes, yeah, she's she's very impressive because she knows how to handle these situations. It's going to be really interesting to see. All right, Scott, you ready for your big three yeah, of the let's day? Roll, man. All right, let's do this. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins, it's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Scott Robbins top three stories today. Every day at this time, the trifecta. Always helped by his hero in life. I'm Casey Kasem, of course. You think Casey's ready? I'm ready. Yep. Three. Number three. I I, I, I don't understand it, but it's your trifecta. Your top three stories of the day. Uh, yeah. And that's yeah. how I will introduce number three. Uh, Richard Marks is an atheist. Really? Here's the thing. I mentioned this because I think these guys get bored after a while. They're out of the spotlight and they decide to tweet. And they do this. So Richard Marks tweets out. Well, hold on a second. I'm sorry what? to interrupt. David asked me off air, who's Richard Marks? No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. He's a millennial. How would he yeah, know who Richard, Richard Marks is? He's the great, great, great grandson of, uh, of Karl Marx, right? He's a big Karl socialist. Marx. Yeah. 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 And the. Or was he one of those Marx Groucho. Brothers? Right, yes. Yeah. Marx Brothers Band. He was in. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Scott Robbins played a lot of ballads of Richard Marx in the 80s. Like, hold on to the night. I think you probably played a Richard Marx song. I think the one we played was the one don't with Joe mean Walsh. Don't nothing. You did play that. I know you did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Jamie Marx, like, kicking off a free ride on the way home. <laughs> I think it was the one of the ballads that Rock Radio said, okay, we're done. Right here waiting was the huge Maybe that hit. was it, yeah. <laughs> okay. But he said that uh, he is an atheist now. He said he believes at the moment of death it's just lights out, done, because, okay. I don't know, brainwaves, science. But if I'm wrong, I have zero doubt that the folks who claim to be Christian but live their lives in opposition of Christ's teachings are going to be first to burn. So a guy by the name of Joe Pollock got a hold of this, and he said... Uh, Richard, I don't believe in heaven for anyone, but I believe in hell for those who might presume to judge based on understanding of their faith. What a way for you to live. I love that. I mean, and that really set him off. I think personally, he actually accidentally hit the nail on the head. I don't I I'm not saying, you know, in the broad sense of what he meant, he's cuz he's probably talking about conservatives and blah 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 thing. Well, yeah, but I mean that there would be some 
theological and biblical basis for the claim that somebody who is claiming to walk with Christ but doesn't apply the teachings to their own experience are worse well, off got, than the you, people you, who you, never knew Christ. Well, you, you can't believe in one and not believe in the other. Mm-hmm. It's Theology Thursday here <laughs> on the trifecta. Just saying, he may have dunked well, on himself even harder than anybody thought. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Could have been. Could have been. Might have been. I liked it, and I, I concluded it. Yes, it's your trifecta. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Right. And uh, We're getting closer and closer right. to number one. Two. Number two. Number two. Dr. Oz's campaign made an offer to John Fetterman. I, uh, this is a perfect response. Yeah, uh, his campaign said, hey, uh, we're sorry to hear that the Fetterman campaign, your campaign, was unhappy with how the closed captioning system that they requested was working on Tuesday. We're happy to do a second debate anytime, and you can pick the closed captioning outfit you want to run the closed captioning with. Now, there's been no response so far from the Fetterman campaign as to whether they take him up on this, but odds are very likely they won't. Kind of a humble drag there, wouldn't you say? Just a little. You know what? And there's something to that. Because if they really did believe, well, the closed captioning didn't didn't appear to do what we thought it was going to do. And then we heard other talk of, well, it seemed like the moderator was talking fast on purpose. Yeah. I know. We heard that earlier today. Yeah, I know. Or, well, they said Dr. Oz was, too. Yeah, Dr. Oz was speaking too fast on purpose, and it was malicious. Come on. He's he's running to be a senator. Yes, he is. But if everyone agreed, I will talk slower, and you can use a different system, yeah. he's still not going to take it up. They're not going to do it. Okay. Now, on with the countdown. Yes, we're all the way there, I believe. One. Uh, number one, a really interesting poll, this time from USA Today, showing that Dems are in trouble with minorities. GOP getting 40% of the Hispanic vote and 21% of the black vote, and it all has to do with inflation. Republicans score significant inroads among the Hispanic and black voters in both demographic groups. The Democrats, of course, rely on this to push them over the edge, but now all of a sudden they turn around and they got 21% of blacks backing Republican candidates. Now, to give you some kind of idea in comparison, Donald Trump had 12%. So it's damn near double. Well, and the thing is, the conventional wisdom has always been if a Republican candidate, and this is more the presidential level than anything else, but if a Republican candidate can get between uh, anywhere from 10 and 14 percent of the black vote, that's a that's yeah. a game changer in an election. Wow, man. I agree. I love this. I mean, this here's the thing. I guess I'm so amped right now that I'm almost afraid I'm too amped about what I see coming. I mean, well, every you, indicator, every poll, everything, everybody I've talked to, every piece of media that that you you digest, even if it's from the left, they're bracing for this. Yeah. Oh, I So, if this doesn't happen, I'm 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 telling you, man. Oh, I I I think I'm going to be very depressed. I think mm-hmm. that in Pennsylvania in particular, they may actually be looking to cheat because now and and part of it is Trump's fault because he brought out, you know, the Sydney Powell cracking lady and Lynn Wood mm-hmm. and whatnot that were just crazy people. Um, but did you see the secretary of the Commonwealth, the person who's responsible for overseeing elections in the state of Pennsylvania? No. 
Oh, yeah, by the way, it may take a while to tally the votes. We're not going to know who it is on election <laughs> night. Uh, several days, maybe a couple weeks. Yeah. And see, now, this is what I'm afraid of. And see, here's the yeah. thing is now they actually could pretty brazenly cheat. And even if they're caught, a lot of the American public is conditioned to think, oh, this is all crazy talk. That's the big lie and all that. You could actually right. have pretty rock-solid evidence that they cheated and they'd never no one would ever believe you because it, it's like boy who cried wolf mm-hmm. I, i'm not predicting that that'll happen i'm just saying that that you know oh that crosses that my mind all the there. time all the time this crosses my mind and then yeah when when they're saying oh yeah we're not going to know for a couple of weeks okay come on really they're already setting me up yeah, yeah. i'm still stuck on 21 percent of blacks that's a large number well, I think Biden's got to get back out there. He needs to go on with Charlemagne the God and remind people that you ain't black if you don't vote Democrat. Right. Think about that. That worked he well for him the that. first time. Yeah. He said it. No, he did say it. Yeah. And then he blamed Charlemagne for the comment. Well, it's like reading to your kids, right? It's not that they don't want to. They don't know how. Oh, with all the string of all the racist things that yeah. guy has said over right. time? Yeah. I mean illustrated it before it's really something when you think about it and yes dude he still got elected on that we bring social workers into homes and parents to help them deal with how to raise their children it's not that they don't want to help they don't want they don't know quite what to do they just don't know what to do. do but they do know they should vote democratic make sure you have the record player on at night the, the, the phone make sure the kids hear words kids hear words right. words and, help and yesterday he said that we need like leg room equity for black people on airplanes he did that yeah you gotta you gotta pay more and no one never sees the fee for more leg room and that negatively impacts black people what people yes. of color Dude, you think about it. Yeah. Of entrepreneurs who are black don't have lawyers. Remember when he said that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one thing after another after another, dude. Oh, my God. Well, 21% is a large number. We'll see if that rings true at yeah. the end of the night. But yeah. that's, that's a very large number. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and... Clean, nice-looking guy. I mean, it's that's a storybook, man. He's him talking about Obama. That's right. It's extraordinary. He's clean. Who would ever thought? It's absolutely nuts, isn't it? Good for him. <laughs> and there you have it. Okay, that's the trifecta. Right. Thank you, Scott. As always. Okay, we got a lot to fit in in a short amount of time, along with another update and Nimrods in the news, of course, all in the way. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Another news update, David? I just think this is really, I mean, it's, the self-ownage here is just kind of incredible to me. So the New York Times has this new scare piece about permitless carry in Texas. They're presenting it 
as if anyone can carry a gun anywhere they want without any sort of licensing, which is not true. But anyway. The Wild West! Yeah, it's not the Wild West. It's not. That's just not true. However, major cities in Texas, like major cities all over the place, particularly in areas where there are progressive prosecutors and liberal city councils that are more pro-criminal than anything else, yeah, you've seen gun violence, sadly, skyrocket in the last couple of years. And those cities exist in Texas, too, surprisingly enough. Um, And I see one commentator on the New York Times piece saying police say Texas' new permitless carry law is leading to more spontaneous shootings. Now everyone can carry a weapon. So instead of reaching for a fist, they're reaching for a weapon, said one sheriff. Well, then in the very next line, in Harris County, that's where Houston is, criminal cases involving illegal weapons possessions have sharply increased. Okay, permitless carry does not mean that a felon can go pick up a gun at a gun shop. If it's illegal possession of a weapon, then a crime was already being committed before the person shot somebody else. Yes. We all have these different stories that trip us. Yes. (laughs) Of course. That's why any time a politician, we got to do something about this gun violence. What are we going to do to the people who are in illegal possession of a gun? Well, hold on. Uh, I don't know what we want to do about that, but gun lobby. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're not really serious after all. Got it. Uh, Real quick before Nimrod's cautionary tale, I didn't feel like this woman should be included. Uh, She ordered uh, some cheap Halloween decorations from Amazon. It's like a fake dead body. Okay, if that's your thing, whatever. Cover it in a plastic bag, black one, hang it from a tree. But when it came in the mail, her 10-year-old son opened it. It was a sex doll. Oh, jeez. Bonus, bonus, bonus. Oh, really? Sorry. (laughs) Mix up there. How old was the kid? 10. Oh. But it it wasn't actually a mix-up. They actually use inflatable sex dolls because they're cheaper. And you're covering it in black plastic, so who's going to know? So it is a sex doll with an Asian woman's face printed on it. Mm. But just know that might be coming if you order. Eric Swalwell special. (laughs) (laughs) When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Tim Rocks in the news. We go to Billings, Montana. Uh, dude decides to steal a radio station vehicle. Mixed 97.1. It's pink. Yeah, man. You don't think someone's going to recognize it? Really? The breakfast flakes are fun. <laughs> Apparently, he got inside their offices because an elevator that should have been blocking access to the floor malfunctioned. So then he popped the lock on the door, found the keys, took the car. And then we have a California cannabis company that's being sued. Why? Not making people high enough. They were lying about the THC levels. This isn't Iowa ditchweed. What's going on? And that's Nimrod's in the news.